0: Well, good afternoon and thank you once again for joining me for Business, the Law and You. Julian Campbell here. We've got another interesting show lined up for you this week. But later in the program, we'll have a look at one of our Harvard Business Review tips. This particular one, recover from rejection by shifting your mindset. We're also going to have a chat with Christina who's just returned from her global trip. We're going to talk about some of those global summit. points of interest that she came up with on her trip around but right now we're going to have a chat with uh, Chartered Accountant Tony Vidray good afternoon Tony
1: Hi, Julian. How
0: are you? I'm um, well, thank you. So, um, the Nowhere Man has got nothing to do with you, by the way. It was on the You computer. always keep
1: playing these songs that refer to me. You know, <laughs> Harvard tips about uh, you know, a movie, a rejection and <laughs> moving nice on. I, you just keep, you just, <laughs> just keep drawing those lines towards me.
0: You can always listen in on the podcast if you want to. Like <laughs> you. Uh,
1: very good.
0: So, so uh, proposed $10,000 cash limit creating a few problems out there
1: it's It's creating a bit of a stir, and um, I thought we'd have a bit of a chat around that because um, as uh, i 've read a lot about this in the last couple of weeks, and as one pundit called it, they said um, you know paying cash um, is australia 's favorite pastime you know to to actually get a bit of a discount on uh, on what you 're paying for, so the government announced this um, a couple of budgets ago, and now they've released some some discussion papers, and they 're starting to draft up some legislation, so the proposal is that they are going to make it illegal, so, and they're actually attaching a jail sentence to this, so that they, mm. you could actually do jail time for this um, if you transact and hand over more than ten thousand dollars in cash um, in a transaction. Now, the important thing is um, they're thinking about bringing this in from uh, effect from January twenty twenty, so it's not too far away. Mm. But it's going to apply to all businesses that have an ABN. So straight away. Uh, and I'll just we'll do an example. Let's say that you have uh, $20,000 in your safe. And, and I guess the first important thing to point out is that it won't be illegal to hold more than $10,000 in cash. You can still do that. But once you start to try and spend it, they're going to put limits on it. So let's say that you want to take $15,000 out of your safe in cash and buy a car with it. Um, as soon as you go to a dealership that would have an ABN, that transaction is going to be um, illegal, and both of you could end up going to jail, both um, you, the purchaser, mm-hmm. and the and the and the vendor. Now, if you come along and buy a, a car privately off mm-hmm. me, mm-hmm. and I don't have an ABN, well, apparently that's still it's okay. it's still going to be legal. So it's it look it's a it's a measure that's been brought in. Um, uh, another way that they're trying to attack the black economy, um, there is an interesting, um, an interesting statistic around um, how much you know the, the black economy is worth. Anywhere from somewhere like 50 billion dollars, they reckon it is, three percent of GDP. So it's an enormous amount of money. Um, we're not alone. They've already, they, the government got the Australian government got this idea from Europe because already um, France have a limit of a thousand euro. Um, it, uh, Italy have a limit of €3,000 and Spain have a limit of €2,500. Um, Jamaica have brought it in, Mexico have brought it in, Uruguay have brought it in um, and also um, India. So they've all placed limits on these um, of, of doing business um, with cash. So mm. um, it, is, it is creating an interesting um, backlash because, um, again, like people are just sort of saying, well, you know, uh, it's another invasion to our privacy. It's, it's, it's forcing us all to purchase things, you know, electronically and online where all of our purchases are going to be, you know, uh, monitored and, mm. and, yeah, and followed. And, and and if you're like, well, if you're like me and a lot of other people too, I'm getting very, very sick and tired of of purchasing something on my credit card within, you know, a few hours. Um, funnily enough, um, on social media, um, you know, I'm getting ads for exactly, you know, what I've, what I've purchased. <laughs> so, so yeah, yeah, the lovely cookies in my um, uh, PC and hard drive um, you know, marketing people are getting very, very clever at using big data to market back, you know, against the and it is getting, you know, very irritating. So a lot of people are concerned about privacy around this.
0: The IT guys are getting on top of it though. There's a little devices you can put onto your uh, um, routers now, so that it stops those uh, cookies and ads happening. So
1: yeah, uh, yeah. Think, well, I think yeah. they're going to do, do I- very
0: well in the next year <laughs> or so.
1: Where do, where do I where do I sign up? So um,
0: <laughs> I suppose I, think, you know. I, I suppose uh, the same thing happens. You can't go. To, won't be able to get more than ten thousand dollars out of the bank either.
1: Well, there's nothing on that at the moment. As I okay. said, there, there's yeah, they're, they're only really making it illegal to hand no, over more than ten thousand dollars in a in a in a transaction. So mm. I don't think that. Oh, well, I'm not sure what the banking limits are, but mm. you know, it's whatever you know, the ATM can can allow to withdraw, or or how much you can go and withdraw across the counter. But I, I don't think there are um, you know exceptions, um, or I don't think there are limits on that at the moment. So mm. yeah, you know, keep as much cash as you want. I, I'm seeing already. A big backlash against paying for things on credit cards, people who've okay. been suckered into you know, um, how easy it is to put things on credit card and then getting stuck with a massive bill, oh, especially yeah. around Christmas yeah. time, January and February. And um, there's just such a trend towards um, you know, paying cash for things just so that you're not left with a um, you know, live now, pay later type mentality.
0: And yet they're saying that we're moving towards a cashless society.
1: Well, they are, and um, uh, there's an interesting article the IMF have actually put out recently, the, the International Monetary Fund, um, which which segues into this this particular story, and it's a very very interesting big brother type scenario, and they're suggesting that um, um, that. Limiting people's ability to pay for things in cash means that they that people keep more money in the banking in the in the banking system, which will then assist governments and banks during a global financial crisis. Now, mm. remember the last time it happened, a little country called Greece decided to put a freeze on all, um, and it's exactly what you just mentioned, putting a freeze on um, withdrawing money from ATMs. Um, and the that the Greek government were actually going to take 25 percent out of everyone's bank accounts to prop up. It's almost legalized theft, um, and so the IMF are thinking that this is a great idea to, to keep a limit on how much cash is circulating in society and keeping as much money as possible within the banking system, so that the uh, the government can um, tap in and, and, and grab it when they uh, when there's a when there's a GFC. Mm.
0: And and with all this cash, can I keep it in my under my mattress?
1: Well, there's a very a very clever guy in Spain who um, ten years ago he was a Spanish businessman. He actually came up with a great idea. On, uh, on keeping um, money safe, he actually invented the safe mattress. So this was a safe that actually went inside your mattress. And um, during the, the last GFC where people were trying to, to, to stash their cash, um, he actually came up with a novel way of actually putting a little um, a little safe at the end of the mattress. And apparently the demand was so high for this that he actually couldn't keep up with the, with the demand for making the, uh, the mattress um, safe. So, you know, innovation, it'll always be out there.
0: Wow, fantastic. Well, uh, we're uh, getting to the time when uh, people have got to look at uh, one-touch payroll right before the end of uh, September, so we might have a chat next month uh, about how that's going and what they need to do if they have failed to do it.
1: We'll, we'll do a, We'll do an update on single-touch payroll next month. Do you have enough time to talk about negative interest rates? Or we'll yeah, that sure. To... Yeah, no, have a, have a sure. quick chat, yeah. Very, yeah, so very quickly, negative interest rates. So this is another thing that came on the back end of the IMF report. Um, it looks like for the first time in our history, the history of humankind, we may actually move into a situation where we have negative interest rates. So I'll leave you with the thought that, say you've got a million dollars on term deposit and we're used to the situation where the bank, you know, we're paying you interest at 3%, 25 and 2%, and that's been dropping. Have a think about what will happen when... Um, negative interest rates come in. So in that term deposit scenario, you're actually gonna pay the bank for keeping your money at in that bank. bank. Yeah. It's just something that we just cannot get our heads around. So I, I have a feeling that if if, we, if the interest rates just continue to get lower and lower, um, Japan has already t- um, dipped their toe into negative interest rates. Oh. Um, I think there'll be a lot of cash in mattresses, in under mattresses, in safes, um, because people are just not going to pay banks to, um, to store their money. It's just going to be a nonsense. No uh, one's going to
0: want that. Yeah, okay. Well, thank There'll you be a right. run on the banks, Julian. Okay. <laughs> yeah, I'll, I'll get one of those safes under my mattress then.
1: <laughs> I'll, order, I'll order two for us.
0: Have a good, great month. We'll have all a chat right, with you again Thanks. next month. Always a pleasure. Thanks, Julian. Thank you. Bye-bye. Tony Vidray there with some interesting points. $10,000 cash limit coming in and points of negative interest rate. Time to have our chat with Christina. Good afternoon, Christina.
2: Good afternoon, Julian. How are you?
0: I'm well, thank you. So we're going to have a chat about uh, some of those interesting highlights that you got from your global summit.
2: Yeah, and it's interesting how um, things always come back to basics. So what the one of the main messages of the summit this year was that um, as much as technology is advancing us and as much as we can use it as a resource and as much as We're all about reducing the fear associated with technology. The human is at the core of everything. So we still need to remember that the human is at the core and is the most important aspect of everything. And I think this was um, even brought around uh, a couple of weeks ago, actually, the top 180 CEOs um, in the United States actually changed their wording for making the stakeholder, or sorry, the shareholder the most important part of their organisational goals to coming right back to the customer, the individual, the person that is behind the purchasing power. So, And this is a theme that came through the summit. So the core concepts that we need to be looking after is, you know, the future of humans, who are humans, what are we um, as individuals, and then what about the tribes that we that we form? And we form civilizations, and humans are the ones that form organisations and humans are the ones at the base of each ecosystem. So it's okay for us to be talking in terms of ecosystems constantly, but we need to remember that there is a human at the bottom of each ecosystem. And when we talk about humans and the future of humans and where we're going, we need to be thinking in terms of philosophy and ethics. So all those things from way back, the ancient Greeks, where they were talking in terms of philosophy and we were having debates around ethics, you'll find more and more debates around ethics happening, particularly as we move into um, a future where there is more and more AI interaction, robotic interaction, um, and questions about robotic and, and biology, biological synthesis. Um, we need to be talking in terms of the psychology and what the psychological um, transfer is happening, you know, when we're talking about AI and robotics. And what about the human biology and the augmentation? So all these kind of topics Each topic kind of opened up more and more pathways um, for conversation. The other highlight from the conference was the, the move towards the pursuance of dreams. So the possibilities, what we can imagine, because we're in a position now where we've never been before, with the convergence of technologies, with everything that we know, with open sourcing, how do we now decide which dream we want to pursue? Because it is possible. So we're talking more and more and more in terms of do what you love to do. Simon Sinek's been doing it for quite some time. It's become almost a common rhetoric. You know, the culture of an organization is now paramount to the success of an organization. And it's all about the, pursu- the pursuance of dreams. How do we make it so that it's not just about the money that we're chasing, but that we're allowed to make money out of something that we love doing? So, all, all the concepts again, bringing it back to humanity, but using technology as a tool. and. Did you
0: have a question? I was going to say, do you think this is oh, the coming? this is the general trend over in America, though, or just a small group of the CEOs no. who are really personalising it?
2: So the CEOs actually vocalised it in America. The, the purpose of the summit was a global summit. These ideas are not just coming. Um, from the United States. They're coming globally. So even, I mean, we were talking about Estonia as well and how it's one of the most advanced countries in the world for digital and blockchain. Um, and every citizen over there has a blockchain and it all comes back to how it enhances their humanity and their individuality. So it's interesting that you made the comment about this, space, just as I was about to talk about a different country as well. Um, but the, these, are, these are global thought leaders that we okay. were hearing from. They, they weren't just people from the, um, the United States talking about things that are common in the United States, because actually a lot of these things are uncommon to some of the political conversations that are yeah. happening in the United yeah. States yeah. at the moment, yeah. yeah. Um, and it, but, you know, it's, it's talking about, the, in that pursuance of a dream, it's talking about how do we make... Um, things bigger, and we were also talking about the United Nations, so the United Nations Global Goals, or the United Nations Sustainable Development Goals, and how aligned they are with the Singularity University's um, Global Grand Challenges, uh, and, and how everybody's talking in terms of purpose, so it's definitely, and it's not even just a... Um, a you know, Western world ideology. It's actually happening in in third world countries. It's happening in Russia. It's happening in China. I was listening to a talk that uh, an interview actually between Jack Ma and Elon Musk. If any of the listeners can actually get there or Google it and get a you know have a listen to it, it's quite amazing how everything that Jack Ma said was related to humanity, um, and that Elon Musk has been almost accused at times of only being concerned about the technology and where it takes you know that like with his space travel, for example. But as he iterates. It's one percent of their um, of their investment and one percent of their time that they're spending on outer space. Most of the time is being spent on how to make things better um, in our country. So, mm. things you know, disruption is happening. How do we actually disrupt? On the back end of a dream. Yeah. Well, how do we, how do we disrupt on the back end of a dream that's actually Mm. going to create a better life for everybody? Whether it's free education, whether it's cryptocurrencies, you know, whether it's helping people rise out of poverty, whether it's helping people, um, training people how to make money, you know, because there's also been this theory that if you make money, you're bad. But if the more money you make, the more Mm, people, you know, you can, that's right in the process. And it's a no brainer when you say it out loud. Mm. Um, but there's still that, you know, almost that stigma. And some of the concepts, some of the things that are happening in the medical field, you know, I mean, we've spoken about 3D printing of organs, but where that actually has got you now and how you can truly wear a watch that has stopped, now stopped people having heart attacks and, and sent people to emergency, um, uh, emergency centres in hospitals and saved lives. Mm-hmm. But there's also mm-hmm. the recognition um, that your postcode is almost more important than your genetic code that clean water and vaccines and, you know, a healthy lifestyle um, are, are, are paramount to a, to a safe society. Obesity pandemics around the world, you know, why are we having whole grain cereals at eight months, right? Why aren't we having whole grain cereals, rather, when, you know, every, most of the baby food and that is made out of white rice cereals? Mm-hmm. And the, the dangers around the microbiome, what we're starting to find out is that the microbiome if um, associated with a white rice cereal, actually increases the risk of diabetes. If you have, if you give a child whole grain cereals at birth, um, their risk of diabetes is greatly reduced. So all these things that we're finding with data collection, and the more minute we get with what we can discover, the better off our, you know, our our humanity and our
0: civilizations are going to be Okay, well thank you very much for your time today well, It's good to hear those little thoughts that are coming from overseas. Next week we're going to have a look at uh, a couple of those products uh, innovative products
2: We will indeed.
0: Thank you, talk to you Have a good week.
2: You too Julian
0: Bye bye Christina there with just a few summaries and yeah, it would be good to see that uh, focus on humanity again It's time for a Harvard Business Review tip, this particular one. Recover from rejection by shifting your mindset. Rejection is a universal experience, but it's one that we each experience differently. Sometimes getting rejected hurts more than we expect, especially if our immediate response is to become self-critical. What makes one person more resilient than another in the face of rejection? It often comes down to mindset. People with fixed mindsets chronologically uh, judge themselves and tend to see their outcomes as evidence of who they are and what they're capable of. For example, see outcomes as evidence of what they could improve upon in the future and what challenges they can overcome. The next time you're faced with rejection, consider the extenuating circumstances and think about what you can learn from the situation to quickly move on to a better place. Well, thank you for being with me for the last half hour. I hope you've enjoyed the program. We've looked at that $10,000 cash limit, and thank you to Dan Taylor, who sent us an email saying, just on the war on cash transactions, what about the risk of central banks having too much control over the value of our savings? Be worthwhile having a look at that another time. So we'll consider that in another program next week we're going to talk about digital first impressions with kimberly claire campbell from the hunter region business hub we'll have a minute on innovation with christina and some more business and legal news and views that might affect your business i'd love your company again for business the law in you until then have an exciting exciting and prosperous week and as winston churchill once said success is not final failure is not fatal it is the courage to continue that counts. Thanks for listening to this podcast from 2NURFM at the University of Newcastle. Topics range from gardening to health, well-being, pet care, finance, business, and travel. You'll find them all at 2NURFM.com.